I've heard a woman was trying to open a tin and she could not figure out how to do it. So she went to look in the cookbook. By the time she looked into the book, the cook had opened it. She came back and she was surprised. She asked the cook, How did you do it? He said, Lady, when you don't know how to read, you have to use your intelligence. Yes, it is right. When you don't know how to read, you have to use your intelligence. What else can you do? The moment you start reading those three dangerous hours, when you have become capable in them, you need not be intelligent. The books will take care of it. Have you watched it? When a person starts typing, his handwriting is lost. Then his handwriting is no longer beautiful. There is no need. The typewriter takes care of it. If you carry a calculator in your pocket, you will forget all mathematics. There is no need. Sooner or later, everybody will be carrying small computers. They will have all the information of the, an Encyclopedia Britannica. And then there will be no need for you to be intelligent at all. The computer will take care of it. Go to the primitive people, the uneducated people, the villagers, and you will find a subtle intelligence. Yes, they are not very informed. That is true. They are not knowledgeable. That is true. But they are tremendously intelligent. Their intelligence is like a flame with no smoke around it. The society has done something wrong with the human being for certain reasons. It wants you to be slaves. It wants you to be always greedy. It wants you to be always afraid. It wants you to be always ambitious. It wants you to be always competitive. It wants you to be unloving. It wants you to be full of anger and hatred. It wants you to remain weak, imitative. Imitative, carbon copies. It does not want you to become original and unique and, and rebellious. No. That's why your intelligence has been destroyed. Meditation is needed only to undo what the society has done. Meditation is negative. It simply negates the damage. It destroys the it destroys the illness and once the once the illness has gone your well-being asserts itself of its own accord in the last century it has gone too far universal education has been a calamity and remember i'm not against education i'm against 
this education, there is a possibility of a different kind of education which will be helpful in sharpening your intelligence, not destroying it, which will not burden it with unnecessary facts, which will not burden it with unnecessary knowledge, which will not burden it at all, but rather will help it to become more radiant, fresh, young. This education only makes you capable of memorizing. That education will make you capable of more clarity. This education destroys your inventiveness. That education will help you to become more inventive. For example, the education that I'd like in the world will not require a child to answer in the old stereotyped way. It will not Encourage repetition, parroting. It will encourage inventiveness. Even if the invented answer is not as right as the copied answer can be, still it will pro- still it will appreciate the child who has brought a new answer to an old problem. Certainly, the child's answer cannot be as right as Socrates' answer. Naturally, a small child's answer cannot be as exact as that of Albert Einstein. But to ask that the child's answer should be as right as that of Albert Einstein is foolish. If the child is inventive, he or she is moving in the right direction. One day the child will become an Albert Einstein. If he is trying to create something new naturally, he has his limitations. But just him effort in trying to create something new should be appreciated, should be praised. Education should not be competitive. People should not be judged against each other. Competitiveness is very competitiveness is very violent and very destructive. Somebody is not good at mathematics and you call him mediocre and he may be good at carpentry but Nobody looks at that. Somebody is not good at literature and you call her stupid. And she will be good at music, at dance. A real education will help people to find their life where they can be fully alive. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, this part reminds me reminds me of um who is that the ted talk um educator um i forgot his name a funny guy oh let me come back again if a child is born to be a carpenter then that is the right thing for him to do 
that there should be nobody to enforce anything else. This world can become such a great intelligent world if a child is allowed to be himself or herself, helped, supported in every way, and nobody interferes. In fact, nobody manipulates the child. If the child wants to become a dancer, then that is good. Dancers are needed. Much dance is needed in the world. If the child wants to become a poet, good. Much poetry is needed. There is never enough. If the child wants to become a carpenter or a fisherman, perfectly good. If the child wants to become a woodcutter, perfectly good. There is no need to become a president. Or a prime minister. In fact, fewer people will become interested in those target, tar- targets. It will be a blessing. Right now, everything is topsy turvy. Yeah, I heard the phrase topsy turvy. Right now, everything is topsy turvy. One who wanted to become a carpenter has become a doctor. One who wanted to become a doctor has become a carpenter. Everybody is in somebody else's place, hence so much unintelligence. Everybody is doing something else's job. Once you start seeing it, you will understand why people are behaving unintelligently. In India, we have been meditating deeply, so we have found one word, swada, swadharma, self-nature. That carries the greatest implication for a future world. Krishna, Krishna has said, swadharma, dham, nadam, shareha. Ah, come on. It is good to die in your own self-nature. Following yourself with nature. Be yourself. Okay. Pa Sharmo Behavior Baba. Baha. Ah, I don't like uh, Sanskrit, I guess. Or uh, Hindu or something. Nobody else's nature is very dangerous. Somebody else's nature is very dangerous. Don't become an imitator. Just be yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just be yourself. Because everything else is taken already. <laughs> uh, who is that? Uh, recently, I came to know the quote by. I forgot the name again. Um, I know another quote from him. Uh, everything popular is wrong. Oh my goodness. I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> okay, no problem. Because I don't have to remember because the computer does it for me these days. I've heard Bill always wanted to go moose hunting. So he saved up enough money and went to the North Wood. There he was fitted. There he was fitted out with necessary equipment and the storekeeper advised him to he, to hire Pierre, the greatest moose caller in the land.
It's true, said the storekeeper. The pill is expensive, but he has a sexy quality in his call that no moose can resist. How does that work? asked Bill. Well, said the other, Pierre will shot a moose at 300 yards, then cup his hands and make his first call. When the moose hears that, he will become excited with anticipatory desire and approach to 200 yards. Pierre will then call again, putting a bit more omph into it, omph, omph, into it, and the moose will skip with eager glee to a distance of a hundred yards. This time, Pierre really gives his call a sexy delivery, prolonging it a bit, which impels the moose agitated with carnal intent to come to a point only 25 yards away from you. And that is the time, my friend, for you to aim and shoot. Suppose I miss, wondered Bill. Oh, that would be terrible, said the other. But why, asked Bill. Because then poor Bill gets mated. I don't get that. Because the poor peer gets made it. Uh-huh. I see. I now get it. Suppose I miss under the bill. Oh, that would be terrible, said the, said the other. But why? Asked Bill. Because then poor peer gets made it. So, which means peer imitate a moose. Okay, that has happened to men. That has happened to men. Imitating, imitating. Man has completely lost the vision of his own reality. The Zen people say, seek out your original face. Find out what is your authenticity. Who are you? If you don't know who, who you are, you will always be in some accident, always. Your life will be a long series of accidents, and whatever happens, it will never be satisfying. Discontent will be the only state, only taste of your life. Okay. Because you don't know who you are, everything becomes irrelevant to you. That's the meaning, I think. You can see it around you. Why do so many people look so dull, bored, just passing the days somehow, passing tremendously valuable time which they will not be able to recover, and passing with such dullness, as if only waiting for death? What has happened to so many people? Why don't they have the same freshness as the trees? Why doesn't man have the same song as the birds? What has happened to human beings? One thing has happened. Man has been 
imitating. Man has been trying to become somebody else. Nobody is at home. Everybody is knocking at somebody else's door. Hence, discontent, dullness, boredom, anguish. Oh, that's great, I think. An intelligent person will try just to be himself. I think that's true. Let me read it again. An intelligent person will try just to be himself, whatsoever the cost. Oh, that's important. Whatsoever the cost, an intelligent person will try just to be himself. An intelligent person will never copy, will never imitate. He will never parrot. An intelligent person will listen to his own intrinsic call. He will feel his own being and move accordingly, whatsoever the risk. There is risk. When you copy others, there is less risk. When you don't copy anybody, you are alone. There is risk, but life happens only to those who live dangerously. I love the phrase. It's Asho's, one of the greatest quotes. When you don't copy anybody, you are alone. There is risk, but life happens only to those who have dangerous, who live dangerously. Life happens only to those who are adventurous, who are courageous, almost daredevils. Only to them does life happen. Life does not happen to lukewarm people. It's a sad fact, I think. Lukewarm people. Life doesn't happen to lukewarm, hap- lukewarm people. Intelligence is trust in your own being. Well, this is the phrase. Defining phrase about intelligence. Intelligence is trust in your own being. Intelligence is adventure, thrill, joy. Intelligence is to live in this moment, not to hunker for the future. Intelligence is not to think of the past and not to bother about the future. The past is no more. The future is not yet. Uh, This phrase is very common, I think. Even in the movie, uh, Casablanca, and it's very famous phrase. The past is no more. The future is not yet. Intelligence is to make the to make the utmost use of the present moment that is available. Oh, this is good also. Intelligence is to make the utmost utmost use of the present moment that is available. Because the past and the future are never be available to us. It's just an idea. Those are just ideas about past, about the future. Because it, they don't exist anymore, or yet. The future will come out of it. Oh, that's good too. The future will come out of it. 
if this moment has been lived in delight and joy, the next moment is going to be born out of it. It will bring more joy naturally, but there is no need to bother about it. If my today has been golden, my tomorrow will be even more golden. From where will it come? It will grow out of today. Well, from where will it come? It will grow out of today. If this time, if this life has been a benediction, if this life has been a benediction, my next life will be a higher benediction. From where can it come? It will grow out of me, out of my lived experience. So an intelligent person is not concerned about heaven and hell, is not concerned about the afterlife, is not concerned even about God, is not concerned even about the soul. An intelligent person simply lives intelligently. I love that one. An intelligent person simply lives intelligently. And God and the soul and heaven and nirvana all follow naturally. You live in belief. Belief is an intelligent. Live through knowing. Knowing is intelligence. And intelligence is meditation. And intelligent people also meditate, but certainly they meditate in an intelligent way. They think that you have to go to the church every Sunday for one hour. That hour is to be given to religion. This is an intelligent way to be related to religion. What has the church to do with it? <laughs> you are like, <laughs> that's, that's very funny because common assumption is that church has a lot to do with uh, religion, but Osho says church has nothing to do with religion, real religion. That's funny. They think that you have to go to the church every Sunday for an hour. That hour is to be given to religion. This is an intelligent way to be related to religion. What has the church to do with it? Your real life is in the six days. Sunday is not your real day. <clears throat> you will live non-religiously for six days and then go to you go to church just for one day or two hours <clears throat> whom are you trying to deceive trying to deceive god that's your uh, charge goal oh if you try a little harder than every day for 20 minutes in the morning 20 in the evening you do transcendental meditation you sit with closed eyes and you repeat a mantra in a very stupid way, Om, 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 which dulls the mind even more. To repeat a mantra mechanically takes your intelligence away. It does not give you intelligence. It is like a lullaby. <clears throat> Down the centuries, mothers have known this. Whenever a child is restless, 
and does not want to go to sleep, the mother comes and sings a lullaby. The child feels bored, and the child cannot escape where to go. The mother is holding him on the bed. <clears throat> the only way to escape is in sleep. So he goes to sleep. He simply surrenders. He says, It is foolish to be aware now. It is foolish to be awake now. Because she's doing such a boring thing, she goes on repeating just a single line. There are stories that mothers and grandmothers tell to children when they don't go to sleep. If you look into these stories, you will find a certain pattern of constant repetition. Just the other day, I was reading a story told by a grandmother to a small child who does not want to go to sleep because he does not feel like sleeping right now. His intuition says that he is perfectly awake. But the grandmother is forcing him. She has other things to do. The child is not important. Children are very puzzled. Things look very absurd. When they want to sleep in the morning, everybody wants to wake them up. When they don't want to go to sleep, everybody is forcing them to sleep. They become very puzzled. What is the matter with those people? When sleep comes, good. That is intelligence. When it's not coming, it is perfectly good to be awake. So, this old grandmother is telling a story. At first, the child remains interested, but by and by, any intelligent child will feel bored. Only a stupid child will not feel bored. The story is a man goes to sleep and dreams that he is standing before a great palace. And in the palace, there are only there are 1,001 rooms. So he goes from one room to another 1,000 rooms. Then he reaches the last room, and there is a beautiful bed. So he falls on the bed, falls asleep, and dreams that he is standing at the door of a big palace, which one Which has 1,001 rooms. So he goes into 1,000 rooms, then he reaches that 1,000. Okay. okay. I'm sorry.、Uh, there is a May boy. Uh, uh, he was worried about the weather, hot weather.、Uh, it's a tough job in a sense. But complaining or、um, complaining doesn't make any difference. 
What is it? Oh, this story is good. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I'd like to remember this. A man goes to sleep and dreams that he's standing before a great palace. And in the palace, there are 1,001 rooms. So he goes from one room to another, 1,000 rooms. Then he reaches the last room. Then there is a beautiful bed. So he, fell, he falls on the bed, falls, asle- falls asleep, and dreams that he is standing at the door of a palace which has 1,001 rooms. So he goes into 1,000 rooms. Then he reaches the 1,000 first room. Again, there is a beautiful bed. So he goes to sleep and dreams that he is standing before a palace. That is the way it goes. Hmm. Now, how long can the child remain alert? Just out of sheer boredom, the child falls asleep. He is saying, now be finished. A mantra does the same. You repeat, Ram, Ram, Om, Om, Allah, Allah, or anything. You go on repeating, you go on repeating. Now you are doing two jobs, both the grandmothers and the child. Your intelligence is like the child, and you and your learning of the mantra is like the grandmother. The child tries to stop you, gets interested in other things, thinks of beautiful things, beautiful women, beautiful scenes, but you catch him red-handed and bring him again to om, om, om. By and by, your inner child feels that it is futile to struggle. The inner child goes to sleep. Yes, the mantra can give you a certain sleep. It is an auto-hypnotic sleep. There is nothing wrong in it if sleep is difficult for you. If you suffer from insomnia, it is good, but it has nothing to do with spirituality. It is a very unintelligent way to meditate. That's great. Osho is really great because he's very clear about what he's saying. And most of them are very contradictory to the mainstream. Okay, that's it. Thanks.